Hello, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. Today, I am joined by my dear friend, Jasmine Jobert. She was on our New Year's resolutions, New Year's goal episode. She is probably one of my best friends outside of my mom. Thank Um, you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And today we are going to talk about Wakanda Forever and grief. If you have not seen Wakanda Forever, massive, massive spoilers, but also it has been a couple months, so it might just be time. It's, it's on, on Disney Plus now, so it's kind of on you if you haven't Your opportunity it. is there, so <laughs> definitely, <time>. definitely watch <laughs> it. So we're going to talk about Wakanda Forever and grief and just different portrayals of grief and just, you know, really dive into Jasmine's professional knowledge. So Jasmine, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself for everyone that's listening? Yes, I would love to. I am a wife. I'm a mom. I have two little girls at home. One of them will be two tomorrow, which is blowing my mind. Yes, the little one. And I am a school counselor by profession. And then I run a Catholic nonprofit called Alive and You Outreach. I love that. She is busy, y'all. Um, yes. <laughs> Do a lot. Oh, and the t- when the one-year-old turned into, that's so sad. It's great so when sad. kids grow. But I just remember watching her and us taking naps together when she was like months old. And she will still only fall asleep in your arms. It's so (laughs) sad. I love her so much. It's hard. I'm so happy, though, that she's getting older. It's a blessing. But for everyone listening that has littles or just knows any little people, it is a bummer when they get older because now she can almost form sentences that you kind of understand. Sometimes, Mm. though, she still talks to me and I'm like, it's like in Finding Nemo where Marlon's like, I know you're trying to say something and I don't know what you're <laughs> I saying. I don't know what it is. And then the mom has to translate always. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So awesome. So we are going to talk about not so much of an uppity topic, but we're going to talk about grief. I think it's really important, especially all of us that are experiencing like, you know, loss in different ways, mm-hmm. from whether it's from the recent pandemic or just kind of living life on a day to day. There's so many, so many of us that experience loss and kind of are navigating grief and, you know, don't know how to experience grief in a way that's healthy and Mm -hmm. don't know what that looks like. But I think that Wakanda Forever really portrayed grief in a way that I enjoyed and I really respected in the way that they portrayed it in like a Hollywood style because I think sometimes things can be portrayed not well. So I think Wakanda Forever did a great job. But first off, before we kind of launch into the movie and how they showed grief, Jasmine, what is what is grief? Like when someone says, I'm going through a period of grief or I don't know how to grieve, like what does that even mean? I think it's hard to like conceptualize grief because a lot of grief is so subjective So what one person might grieve, another person might not. And so I think a lot about like the death of pets can be viewed by some people as like, that's just kind of part of life and it didn't affect me that much, but other people can really like rock their world depending on their experience and also if they've experienced grief before. And especially like if they've experienced the loss of a person, then sometimes the loss of a pet isn't as heavy, but if you've never experienced that, then it can feel heavier. And so I think there's a lot of things that people will think like, oh, that probably wasn't a big deal. That probably didn't affect me that much, but it did. And there's still a grieving period. And if you don't take that grieving period, it can actually like, you can just start carrying it with you, which can have really negative 
effects. And even like I think about throughout my life, I used to think that grief was only appropriate if somebody actually died. Like you grieve the loss of a loved one in that way. And I've come in recent years to think about like grief as the ending of a relationship, like maybe a relationship with a significant person, a parent or even a friend, a significant other ended and you still have to grieve that relationship as well. And then I think what we saw, especially throughout the pandemic was like this universal grief of all the experiences that were lost in the connection and like that isolation that comes from all grief, but that we're all experiencing it together and just how you can grieve what could have been. Even we're talking about my daughter turning two tomorrow. Like there's a sense of grief in parenthood of watching your kids grow up and like grieving what was and who they were and that kind of stuff. And so I think a lot of people are experiencing grief every day and it can look like a range of things and experiences. And it just depends on the person, like how they act it out and how, what it looks like. Mm, Wonderful point. And I mean, it's a great relatable point to mention like your daughter turning to, I mean, I am like someone in her life and I'm not her parent, but Mm -hmm. I'd like love her to death. And just the thought of her getting older makes me so sad. Yeah. And and sometimes I'll say that like when my mom will say, well, like what a blessing that she's getting older, which obviously for sure. Yeah. But I'll also be like, but it stinks. Like, Is anyone else? (laughs) (laughs) Can we make it stop? Yeah. Yeah. Is anyone else (laughs) upset about it? So it's interesting like how grief is kind of expressed in different people and kind of internalized in different ways. So I'm curious, you know, In Wakanda Forever, so to give everyone some context, Jasmine and I saw Wakanda Forever. I think it was opening night. Yeah, Yeah, we saw opening night, which is pretty crazy for us as people that do not do late things. So we were wild. Yeah, we were pretty crazy. So we saw it on opening night. We got some candy. (laughs) We got some candy. We (laughs) cried. It was the most, you know, like it was so intense. Definitely, spoiler, 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 but definitely for those, you know, who are looking for kind of like an Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy, like happy vibe, uh it was not that. And then I thought it was going to be that maybe halfway through and then it just got worse. Yeah, it really kept getting sadder. (laughs) Yeah. And it was it was truly an exploration of grief because, you know, Chadwick Boseman died in real life. So It was interesting watching the movie because Black Panther, the original Black Panther of T'Challa, dies in the movie and Chadwick Boseman died in real life. So you're watching the characters grieve both the fictional character of Black Panther, but also the personal, like real person of Chadwick Boseman. And it was interesting seeing the different ways that grief was expressed through the death of Black Panther, but then also, spoiler, spoiler, The queen and, you know, his mom and with her death in the movie. Mm -hmm. And you just see it being expressed in rage, in mourning, in, you know, isolation. There's so many different ways that grief was expressed in that movie. And you would think for a two-hour movie, how much can they fit in? But it was just amazing. So I'm curious, like, is there truly a healthy expression of grief? I know that, you know, people will talk about oh, well, this is something that, you know, you have to do healthily. You have to, you know, practice this thing in a way that's good for you. But if grief can be expressed in so many ways, is there truly a healthy way? Is there a Mm. recommended way? What would you say to that? That's a good question. I think a lot about like in 
biblical imagery and a lot of times in other traditions that aren't like our Western view of grief, like the mourning period is so long. And like they talk about like the tearing of clothes, like wearing all black for months, like just the kind of expression of how heavy it is. And then I think about here and like how we grieve, or at least how I was taught to grieve growing up. That's like, you kind of just got to get over it. It's like the phrasing. And if you are still holding on years from now, even if it was like your spouse that died, your child, your parent, then people are like, you kind of got to keep going. And they don't like that. And then like the ways I have seen people say like, oh, wow, they're handling it so well. Like I have friends who have children who pass away and for them to be like, oh, wow, like they're handling it so well, which means that they're crying at the funeral, but they're not like scream crying. They're like still showing up to mass and like going through the motions. They're still like getting involved in things. They're like talking about the gift of their life, but they're not like outwardly scream weeping like I that's the only way I can think about it because I'm Mm -hmm. like what do you mean they're handling it well like they're staying composed is what it seems like they're not full of rage and then I look at Black Panther and throughout that it's like specifically with Shuri like she's handling grief but like she's enraged and for a lot of women I don't think we were ever taught that we're allowed to be enraged when we're grieving And in particular, there's a quote from her during the movie that says, if I sit and think about my brother for too long, it won't be these clothes that'll burn. It'll be the world. And I'm like, how powerful is that? And if one of my children died, like, yeah. Like, or if one of my siblings died, like, yes. Like, that's how that like fire that is so strong and getting that intimate look at someone who's grieving We don't normally get unless we are that close to it. And we just see the like picture perfect grief from the outside that people will say is like grieving well. And I think what society means is like their grief isn't inconveniencing me or making me feel bad necessarily. But healthy grief would be like riding the wave of those emotions And not so much in the ways that we see it portrayed or that people might talk about like the stages of grief, which have been debunked, right? It's not a stage. And I've seen in a lot of places like grief is a spiral, grief is a tornado, like grief is all of those stages, but randomly, like it will hit you like a ton of bricks. Like you will just be existing and all of a sudden you feel your grief out of nowhere. Just when you think like, wow, I'm having like a good day. I'm feeling better. A song comes on. It's a certain smell, a certain whatever. And you're right back in that different stage. Like you're right back in anger. You're right back in bargaining. Like all of a sudden when you thought you were like to the point of acceptance. And so the fact that you're not a failure in your grief, if all of a sudden you feel like you're back in that spot, because in a couple hours and a couple days, you could be back in a different stage and then back. And it doesn't mean you're not doing it right. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. It just depends on you and how your healing is going. But I would say if there was a wrong way to grieve, it would be grieving the way you think everybody wants you to grieve, like grieving for the satisfaction of what other people want and the comfort of other people and not wanting to be like, 
oh, this certain thing just made me feel like I needed to cry, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to make people uncomfortable. Like being honest and vulnerable about your grief is super important. Hello, friends. This episode of Ave Spotlight is brought to you by Live Liturgically Planner. At Live Liturgically, they strive to help families bring peace to their homes with products that aid in bringing order and intention, which are two things that I love and am not necessarily the best at. Their flagship product, which is the Liturgical Family Wall Planner, is the first of many products that help families live with more purpose. This weekly planner is sold as a subscription product. You sign up once, you get a new wall planner on repeat for every three months. Definitely will keep you organized. See what three months using this calendar will do for your family. If it doesn't work for you, cancel your subscription at any time. You can try it now for 50% off your first planner with the code AVESPOTLIGHT50. This planner includes many things like a to-do list, a grocery list, a section to plan, Sunday mass times, and much, much more. I know for myself, I have such a hard time feeling organized and incorporating my faith in my daily life unless I see everything right in front of me. So make sure to check out the Live Liturgically Planner and use the code AVESPOTLIGHT50 for 50% off your first planner. Just thinking about your grief being an inconvenience to other people and that being one of the reasons why people say you're doing it well is so interesting because it really does stop people from feeling like they can be themselves, which is such a bummer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And something that I really appreciate in Wakanda Forever as well was, you know, how they really emphasized the power of community and how Shuri, mm -hmm. although there were moments where she was isolated and she was upset by herself, you know, she always had people around her that were there for her. And unfortunately, like some of us don't have that. But, you know, for us that do, and hopefully all of us at a certain point will have people that are around us that are supporting us mm -hmm. and that are there to be leaned on in, you know, in whatever way that we need. And I just, I loved seeing those portrayals. And I'm just, yeah. I'm curious, how can, because sometimes, you know, when you're going through grief, when you're experiencing it, the last thing you want to do is lean on community because you're just either like tired or you just are, you feel like no one will understand or whatever, which we saw that Shuri felt very much like throughout the entire movie. And so I'm wondering, how do you think we can use our community mm -hmm. to help us navigate tough experiences, especially like as a Christian family, like how can yeah. we lean on one another? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think that a lot of times there are people in our lives that have experienced similar grief or just grief of a nature that maybe they also don't feel like they can talk about. And so us being open and vulnerable about the things that are happening to us can allow people to kind of step up and relate and support you. And then I also think to what you're saying, like humbling yourself enough to acknowledge that you need the support, like acknowledging it and knowing that it doesn't make you weak if you need people to make you dinner because you can't do it because you're consumed by grief. 
And then a lot of churches, and I see this a lot in like Catholic communities, have grief support groups at the church. And oftentimes they're run by a volunteer, but sometimes they'll even like have grief counselors come in and run them, which I think is like ideal, ideal, because sometimes like the money part of therapy gets in the way or the calling a therapist, having to go show up gets in the way, especially when you're grieving. But the foot in the door of being able to just show up at my church that I'm already a part of is such like a easier step than showing up at a counselor's office sometimes. So bringing that support a lot of times for free is ideal to a church is so important because then you have a built-in community that can just kind of draw you in and allow you to process your grief in a healthy way and learn coping skills and that kind of stuff. And mainly to give you people that if you are at a low point in your grief, there are people that you know are experiencing similar things and that will just get it because you just have those people who just kind of get it. And then another thing is I think some people, especially if you're kind of adjacent to a tragedy or maybe like somebody died that you're close with, but you think like, well, this person was closer to them, so I'm not allowed to grieve or I'm not allowed to be sad. Still continuing to like share with maybe that other person, like this is what my experience of loss has been of this person. And to be able to be honest because they might relate to you in a way that you never thought they would. But a lot of times we just kind of close in in our grief, which is really the darkest place to be. Because you think about like the apostles after Jesus died, right? They go like hide in the upper room and how the temptation a lot of times when we're grieving is to isolate. But that our desire is to always be pulled back to community. And like that is where we will find purpose and where we'll find hope again Because in our own minds, we can't be reminded that there's hope outside of a tragedy without other people to kind of pull us into that. Mm. Wow, that's such a word. Thank you so much for sharing. And I wish we had like 45 to an hour. Right. (laughs) If you guys like it, please comment, like, and subscribe. And we'll keep the good times rolling. We'll keep the good times rolling. We'll keep on doing episodes. Talking about grief. Super sad things. No, just kidding. (laughs) I I so appreciate your insight always. And I'm grateful to have spoken about this topic because I really think, you know, just seeing people move through life, especially, you know, not soon after this pandemic really rocked the whole world and then seeing depictions of grief, Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, people just exist nowadays. It seems like people are still having such a hard time moving through their life. And it's encouraging to feel like, you know, even if you've experienced loss, even if you've experienced massive sadness, grief, whatever it is, that there's still hope, um, whether it's in your community or just in that person being present, even if you don't, even if they're not physically, physically present. So, yeah. you know, on on a last note, I I know that before we were recording, you mentioned a quote from the movie that really struck you just about Shuri talking about not feeling like her brother is there anymore because he wasn't physically present anymore. But would you like to to share that? Yeah, absolutely. It's the scene where they're on the beach, Shuri and the queen, and she's saying like, Shuri is saying, my brother is gone. Like he's gone and thinks her mom is like crazy. And her mom says something that's so beautiful. She said, I found your brother in the breeze, gently pushing me with his hand on my shoulder. 
which is such gorgeous imagery for us as Catholics of like what we believe that the Holy Spirit does for us, like finding the Holy Spirit in the breeze, like what that's biblical imagery that they're bringing out in this movie, which is so gorgeous. And this reality of like finding your loved one and knowing that they're living on and how it's so tempting to be in Shuri's mindset of like, they're dead. It's gone. It's done. There's no more, which is like going back to the apostles, how they probably felt, right? Like it's over. Everything was a lie. This is done. And then like having somebody be able to remind you of the hope, remind you of the resurrection, remind you of like the little breeze and the moments you feel that person and to be able to lean in. And then it comes full circle in the end of the movie. Sherry goes to like burn her funeral garments on the the beach and she like you see the breeze come and her like sit and breathe it in for a moment and you know that she's like feeling that like her mom did and then of course like right after that she goes on to like meet her nephew and there's like so much hope in that moment and such a beautiful continuation of love which brings it back again because marvel's been hitting grief so hard (laughs) they really yes to in when Wanda is grieving so heavily. And there's the quote that is, what is grief but love persevering? Which I, that like hit me in the gut and was such a beautiful thought. And then you think about like what grief looks like in the practicality of, I mean, you and I talk about this a lot and this could be a whole nother thing, but that like the body keeps score And so randomly, like I know for me, there are certain times of the year, all of a sudden, like my back gives out and I feel sick. And like, what happened all of a sudden? And then I look at the calendar and I'm like, ooh, yeah, that makes sense. Like something significant happened on this day. And that reality of like, we could look at that and be like, this is horrible. Everything is bad. Or like, wow, what a physical reminder of the fact that I am like carrying the heavy burden of love with me and love with no place to go. And like, how can we channel that into something good? Wow. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jasmine. I so appreciate you being here. And as we're kind of rounding out this episode, as we end our episode talking about hope, we like to ask each guest about something that has given them hope in the most recent or something that they're looking forward to. If you need time to think about it, I can go first or if you're ready. Okay. Something that has given me hope, I actually shared this. um, We have like morning check-ins with my job and we share like God moments. So God moments, something that's given me hope is actually about your daughter. So I was sharing that Jasmine's daughter, Noelle, is my goddaughter. She's so sweet. She's so sassy. She's just everything good. (laughs) (laughs) Everything good. And she was taking a nap the other day and we were talking about she had a Band-Aid and we were just talking about like scabs and the lifetime <laughs> and the and the lifespan of scabs and how your body is trying to heal you and like how how cool that is that your body is trying to heal you and how you need to like let them grow, even if you're curious. And it was just so awesome talking to her because she's so curious. Like she will ask a million and one questions about anything she has a question about. It always just gives me hope to hear her talk because she's so curious and sweet and like only expects good answers, like only expects for you to share something like hopeful with her. So like 
If I would have said anything but like, your body's trying to help you. Isn't that cool? Like, those are the answers (laughs) she expects. Like, (laughs) good. My body's trying to help me. Like, good. My body's great. Yeah, my body's great. Like, Mm -hmm. good. I'm taking a nap because like, I need to rest. And that's good. Like, it's just so hopeful to have that perspective of like, even if I fall off my bike, like, it's okay. Because that means that I'm learning and going to get better the next day. Like, I just... It's so hopeful to talk to her and hear her perspectives on life of like, everything's okay. Like there are reasons for things that we might not get. And as much as I am, you know, frustrated with my Band-Aid and my scab, she's like, you know what? If you say that it's there to help me feel better, like I'm going to feel better if I just leave it alone, then like, that's cool. Yeah. And I guess I'll I'll just... trust it. (laughs) It's like, it's just awesome. So... That was definitely that. mine. And she's, uh, yeah, it's just so sweet. Like her pers- her perspectives on life. Yes. Mm-hmm. She is like the queen of hope. Oh, everything yeah. for her is it's like. It's just good. And because it's great. And because I'm great. And yeah. everything's awesome. <laughs> and you're like, you're fine. <laughs> like, you're right. Like, everything's it's, everything's okay. fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's so sweet. I think mine most recently, I had a friend and her family come visit this weekend. And it's just really beautiful whenever you have an experience of spending time with people who are like raising their kids in a way that you're like oh yeah like we are really trying our best out here like we're all really trying our best out here because sometimes it can just feel so isolating like I'm the only parent who's trying to raise their kid to be Christian and I'm the only parent who's trying to like keep my kids in this like set of beliefs and like to keep their like innocence in like a very crazy world and it's just so refreshing when you can speak to other young parents who are really trying to like do the same thing and I had this moment like over the weekend where you were over and they were here and my sister was there and I was like wow how beautiful is it to have so many like young adults in a room that are rallying around like being around these kids And what a like hopeful example for all of our children to see young adults that are like on fire for their faith, but are still really fun and like are trying and that love them. And there's so much hope in that. And sometimes it can feel like, wow, what are we doing? Bringing children into this world with how things are. And people think we're crazy to bring children into the world right now. And sometimes I think I am. (laughs) And then there's moments like that where I'm like, wow, my kids are going to know what this looks like in practice and have that. And I'm so hopeful for them that that example will like launch them into their futures. And that's like so life-giving. Oh, I'm, I love that. Cause as long as I know your little sister, Um, Jasmine's little sister is like also one of my dear friends. And Mm -hmm. I know as long as Juliana (laughs) and I are breathing, your children will be perfect kids. (laughs) They will be striving for sainthood and I will always be covering them wherever they go. School, like the park. They're never going to go to school by themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I'll be covering them. I'll be checking them out early, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful thing. And it, there's, so, there's so much hope in community and people that are around us. And it's a really, whether it's you're experiencing things like loss or grief or just like living your life, there is hope in the resurrection and just like in the people that God has put in your life, which is a good message to end this episode on. Although it has been wonderful having you here. 
so grateful and I'm looking forward to having you on again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for listening and thank you so much to Jasmine Jobert for being our guest. If you have time to check out Wakanda Forever, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a wonderful depiction on moving through grief. It's very heavy, but, um, you know, I think it's really great to watch all the different characters move through pretty traumatic events. So um, if you're going through grief right now, I hope that this episode was helpful in helping you kind of discover new healthy ways to move through your grief. Please know that I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. I'm looking forward to talking with you soon. God bless. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.